0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Community Soulful. Today, we have Erica Zeisman. She'll be on our podcast, and she actually is a child wellness therapist. Um, And the title of our episode this week is going to be, How Can I Be a Better Parent? Um, So we're going to really rely on Erica for this one. So hi, Erica. How are you?
1: Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, so happy that you're able to come and join today. Um, And let's get started. I mean, I know that when we talk about parenting, there's this thing called helicopter parenting. So so (laughs) do you mind explaining what is a helicopter parent?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a term that was created a while ago. But ultimately, what it kind of is, is a parent who wants to control everything in their child's life. Typically, they're really overprotective. And they just express a really, really big uh, interest and want to influence a lot in a child's life. I honestly think a lot of the times that they tend to be anxious themselves. But there's a lot of research that goes into that too.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, and I can definitely understand what you mean by it's a parent that's anxious themselves because somebody that's constantly hovering over you. It's kind of what is that? That's fear, and it's just taking all of your worst fears and trying to control things that you can't really control. So. I mean it's understandable I can't imagine because I'm not a parent yet but and I'm also not on my way to becoming one but, but I can't imagine having a small version of you and you know I would just always want the best for it so it's understandable but when it comes to you know raising a child that's so hard um and especially when you have all these great fears but a lot of time I, times we see online all these memes like make sure you raise someone that they don't need to heal from their childhood and things like that. So pretty broad question, but how can we raise a child with a childhood that they don't have to heal from?
1: It is such a good question. I mean, I will say just for any helicopter parents that, you know, could be listening, I would say that, you know, there's ways we can kind of change and deal with our own fears internally. And I think that goes into your next question. Is we have to heal ourselves first. It's hard to heal or it's hard to help somebody else if we're not dealing with our own stuff. So, I mean, I encourage all parents, especially if you're putting your child in therapy, to maybe think about doing therapy yourself. Figure out kind of where your fears come from. Why are you so worried if your child's doing bad in school? Or why are you so worried if your child doesn't want to do a sport or if they're acting differently than you? I think I see that a lot as a therapist where if the child isn't having the same type of childhood that they maybe they had, if it was a good childhood, they wonder kind of what's going wrong. And I just think it's such a big world out there. Everyone's really different.
0: Yeah, I totally get that. I mean, one like small example is growing up, my mom, every Saturday, let us sleep in. And it wasn't because, you know, we were spoiled Oh, That's debatable. But it was because (laughs) she said growing up, her mother made her wake up super early on Saturdays um, to run errands or to do like house house errands and things like that. And she's like, I remember I hated it so much. I never want my wanted my kids to go through that. So I think that even though that's not like a childhood drama, I just think to kind of piggyback off of what you're saying when we live things throughout our own lives and we didn't like them particularly, we want to make sure that our child doesn't have to go through that. So sometimes we're taking our own traumas, our own past and the things that we've went through and we're kind of just in a way, letting it teach us, I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah, totally. I think there's like a couple of things that can happen. Either we try to correct the traumas that we've experienced. And I think trauma is a pretty relative term. There are, you know, intense, deep-rooted traumas. And then there's little things that, probably weren't done to us purposely by our parents, but you know, they do impact the way we view things. I think we either try to go the exact opposite route or we try to do things exactly the same or exactly the way we're supposed to do them, quote unquote, and I, it's hard. I mean, it's really hard being a parent. I think there's nothing wrong with trying to get as much help and guidance as you can, because ultimately parents, they're people first. So we have to deal with our people stuff before we try to you know, raise a little human.
0: Yeah, that's true. I like your point there. Parents are people, definitely. Um, But when it comes to, you know, parenting, I mean, like I had said, I'm not a parent yet, but the world has evolved so much, especially when it comes to technology, like we were talking about before we started recording and especially when it just comes to um, simple things in life. But what are better ways that we can discuss mental health at home?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the good things about the day and age we're in now is I think mental health is getting destigmatized. I think people are starting to realize, especially with the pandemic, that uh, mental health professionals are there literally to help everybody so that we don't have to deal with this on our own. And it's really just another resource, just like we would go to the doctor for you know our physical wellness, going to a therapist to check in on our mental well-being is a good thing and it's important. And I think as far as just like raising a child in the current, you know, landscape we're in, I, I, I think it requires it requires a lot of the same skills, but we have to be more aware of the things that maybe we didn't have when we were younger. You didn't have technology or social media when you were younger. How do we form a relationship with that when our child is, you know, obsessed with it? I, I think it's important that we realize that there's positives and negatives to both.
0: Yeah, I completely agree, um, and, and and I do also agree with the fact that it's being destigmatized, especially because one of the biggest things that are destigmatizing it is now, I actual offices are giving you resources, like I had said. You know, my company actually has like therapists that they refer you to and things like that. So, I guess if it if they're making it easier to talk about at work. I know that work and home are totally unrelated, but it should be easier to talk about it at home. Um, yeah,
1: I think there's, and we talked about this earlier, but I think there's so many resources out there and just to like kind of name a few, I think if you're searching for therapy for yourself or for your child, I think that Psychology Today is a really good resource. It's literally a website. You can put in your zip code, you can put in your insurance company and you can look at all the therapists in your area. I also think like Googling clinics in your area, you know, if you're lower income, or even like for your child, asking a, um, a, a counselor in the school, do they have any resources? A lot of times they'll have connects there. And then another resource is a pediatrician. Um, the pediatrician should have relations with therapists in the area so to be able to refer to you. So that's like where I usually tell parents to start. But honestly, once you start looking, there's so many options out there.
0: I do like that. Um, I didn't know that that a pediatrician would be able to help and and kind of what we're talking about, you know, all these different resources and, and, you know, parents are people, too. But life still happens, you know, even if we're talking about mental health in the office, even if we're talking about it at home, life in general is still so hard. And I mean. It's hard enough to raise a child but how can a parent go through their own tor- turmoil in life and not have it affect their children? What is do, is that when you know, a family would do therapy together? Should people only do it separately? Like what is the best way for, you know, a family to I guess go through therapy? Should it be separate? Should it be together? And how can people go through their own traumas, their own turmoil in life and not have it affect each other in the household?
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I I don't know if we can perfectly, you know, not make certain events in our lives affect the ones we love. I don't know if we have as much control over that as we want. But I would say, you know, if there's a death in the family that maybe, you know, your kids are too young to, they don't really care, they don't know, or that kind of thing. I think it's perfectly okay for you to explain to your kids, you know, mommy had somebody passed away and explain it in the age appropriate way and you can handle yourself in your own counseling sessions. But I think as far as when you say family therapy or something like that, I think that's when there's like a, either a trauma or a big life event that happens, potentially maybe a divorce in the family, or, you know, if there's an addiction in the family or something like that. And I think a lot of the times there'll be family therapy and they'll also be individual. Um, I think both are important. But it really just kind of depends on what you're dealing with. But what I like to say is, if you're trying to talk to your kids about mental health, I think it's okay to label your feelings yourself. You're allowed to say like, you know, dad is feeling sad today. And this is why there's each appropriate ways to explain to your children and children are really intuitive. They usually will know if something's wrong. So if you try to hide it, sometimes it's just better just to say, you know, I had a bad day today, but it's okay. Like, and that kind of thing. So I hope that answers your question, but there's so many things that you could do.
0: Yeah, that that definitely does answer my question. I'm always afraid to tell my nieces that um, I'm upset or that I'm angry or that I'm frustrated or I don't have the answer because I always feel like I need to be so sure so that I'm able to kind of give guidance in that way. So that that does make sense. That definitely does make sense. and, And I appreciate that answer. Um, And, you know, just to kind of conclude here, because this has been such a great podcast, but if someone is listening right now and is struggling with how they're parenting, or their parenting techniques, um, or if they are looking for better ways of being, you know, the better parent or the better version of themselves, what, what best piece of advice could you give them right now?
1: I mean, I am a proponent of some of therapy for everybody. I don't think you have to have, you know, a specific issue you want to work on. Sometimes it's just about your wellness, like I said before, and just about your own well-being. But I also think another option that we haven't really discussed is just like support groups. There's tons of support groups on Facebook, you know, like a parent groups or mom groups or dad groups or things like that. And there's also tons of support groups out there that are free or really low cost, virtually where, you know, every week or every month you can meet with a bunch of moms or a bunch of people that are like-minded and discuss kind of the hardships you're having with your kids. Sometimes, you know, your child, you know, might have some behaviors, but they don't require them to, you know, go to therapy to work them out. And it could be a great place to just get some, you know, advice or just some, you know, camaraderie between other people that are going through the same things. There's so many parents out there that are having the same struggles, especially now with everything with the pandemic and all of that.
0: And, and Erica, what is a great way of finding a support group? And, you know, I'm pretty interested in a support group for a few different reasons, but I don't have like a Facebook and stuff. So how, how would I be able to find one? Yeah, I think support groups are a
1: little harder to find potentially than a therapist. However, Psychology Today, if therapists do run groups, they will typically post them on their Psychology Today profile, or you go to their website. But actually, what I've noticed lately is Instagram has a lot of support groups on there where professionals, if you follow some professionals, they will explain kind of what they're running and then you could click and potentially join. That's a good way. I also think you can always start your own too. Like if you have a couple of friends, it doesn't necessarily need to be this run group by a therapist. It can just be maybe you need, you know, a mom's group with five friends that you have just to talk about how life's hard right now. It doesn't always need to be this, you know, therapeutic intervention either it can just be you know friends trying to deal with life that's just as important
0: yeah I mean I I'm not a therapist or but but that that's interesting to me because we're called community Soulful because that's what my goal is to build a community to talk about mental health to break the stigmas to educate others to really make sure that um everyone has support in their own way. So I do like that. Maybe, maybe I will do a support group, but I don't, I don't know. (laughs) But I definitely (laughs) need to join a few because I am, I'm feeling it. (laughs) Sometimes it's just not enough to just speak with just your therapist. Like you really need to be with someone that's on the other side of the couch in real time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I do every Monday. I do actually later
1: today, we're recording this on a Monday, but I do a, med- a meditation group, and it's like a community, and we do meditation, but we also like can become this little community. So I mean, there's plenty of things out there. I think it's important that we just feel like we can normalize what we're going through. So anybody who can really kind of, it feels better.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, well, I really appreciate that. And I, and thank you so much for the time today, Erica. Um, I am grateful that you're able to come on to the podcast. I've never spoken with a child wellness um, therapist before so so thanks so much for coming on and I really appreciate the time today
1: thank you so much for having me it's been really fun i love your I love this podcast and what it stands for
0: oh thanks again um, and just so you know we're gonna have all of your information up on the community soulful page um, if anybody needs to reach out to a child wellness therapist or you know is looking for more value in that space I'm, I'm sure they'll come to you erica so Um, I really appreciate that. And uh, you're also on Psychology Today.
1: Yeah, I'm on Psychology Today or you can find me on Instagram at therapy with Erica. That's my handle. And then my website, therapywithericaz.com. So pretty accessible everywhere. But yeah, I mean, I have spots open for clients, but I also am a good resource if you're looking for somebody in your
0: area or that kind of thing. I'm always willing to help. Okay, okay. Awesome. Thanks again and have a great evening. You too, thanks so much.